Hot off the grill, bitch. It's my dad's a chef presented by Melinda's Melons. Very juicy. I'm your host, Kyle, alongside Bill and our dads are chefs. We know what we're talking about. Billy, how you doing? I am doing great. If you guys do not follow our Instagram at my dad's a chef pod, by the way, you would have seen that we posted our first cooking reel, baby. And it looks wicked good. Yeah, it looked all right. Billy, why don't you tell them how you made it? I made some simple Szechuan beef and broccoli. It was a relatively easy recipe, extremely healthy too, by the way. Had some great uh, low calories, high protein, pretty low carbs, good fats. Incorporated it's be extremely beefy too, which is really good. Yeah, mm. pound of pound of beef in that boy. <laughs> pound in the beef. Two cups of broccoli. You know, some ginger, garlic, sesame oil, soy sauce, crushed red pepper. Pretty good flavor profile. You know, personally, I would have liked it a wee bit more spicy, but uh, my girlfriend had it as well, and she said it was pretty damn good. She said it honestly might have been one of the best things I've ever cooked. So we take those. You know, honestly, I've been using red pepper for a lot of stuff lately. I made this weird stir-fry the other day that I tried. It's not even a stir-fry. It's just like a mix of random shit. Sauteed some mushroom with some spinach. Threw some pico de gallo in there. Uh, water chestnuts. Very simple, and you kind of get a lot of flavors coming at you with that too. And I threw some red pepper on there for just for some added taste. I figured why not try to make it a little more spicy. So I had that with some jalapeno popper chicken that I made the other day, and uh, which was wicked good. Real on that coming soon. And uh, it was really good. It was honestly really good. It was a very underrated side that I made, and I felt like I created it myself. I've never heard of it before, but... Yeah, it's pretty good. So I can kind of feel you where, you know, you're getting kind of creative and all that. So if you've never heard of it before, how did you make it? Whatever was in my fridge. <laughs> One of those. So it was just... Yeah, hmm. I, I mean, like, I I, ha I was making mushrooms and spinach anyway. So I, I always have sautéed mushrooms and spinach whenever I eat chicken. And I was like, you know, I, I have a speaker de gallo for when I make tacos and figure to throw it in there because you got to kind of mix up like tomato onion so on so on and uh mix that up had some water chestnuts to get a crunch and water chestnuts are the most underrated veggie fruit whatever the hell it is underrated so you're, good. you're a big water chestnut guy i love water chestnuts actually yeah uh, i'm actually currently eating pasta right now for those of you that cannot see and i have pasta with broccoli carrots and water chestnuts there's some lemon pepper in there too for some, you know, added taste. Yeah, love water chestnuts. And you know what's crazy? Every time I mention that to people, that water chestnuts are probably one of my favorite foods, they never know where to go in the grocery store to get it. But I'll tell you where to go. Do you know where to go? I'm trying to think. If I had to guess, because I really don't know, I would assume they're near where mushrooms are. No. So think about it. Where do water chestnuts come from? Like what, what culture has water chestnuts? You're a big food culture guy. So where Atlantis. do you think? Atlantis. No, they are. They do come in water. So that, that's a good guess. So the real answer though, most Asian cuisines. Yeah. Yeah. 
and you find it in the Asian like spice or food aisle, whatever it is. I don't know. So like, yeah. Are they fresh? Yeah. Well, they come in a can with water in it. So they kind of stay pure in a way. Interesting. Yeah. I don't actually think I've ever gone out of my way to find water chestnuts in a market before. I I mean, it took, I mean, like I remember getting like buying water chestnuts for the first time, like two or three years ago. And it was like a race around the grocery store. It was, they were so hard to find. And then like you go on, you can go online, right? Cause the internet's great. And you go online and you type in water chest. It's like hypothetical. I wasn't in Louisville at the time, but Kroger is like the market basket or wherever you shop down here in Kentucky. Right. So I typed in why be like water chestnuts Kroger and they'll tell you where the aisle is, but they will not tell you what number the aisle is. And clearly I can't read, but you know, I was just like searching around the entire grocery store, trying to find water chestnuts that one night. It literally took me 45 minutes. And I made sure that was the last thing I got on my list because I knew it would take me that long and ended up finding them. And they're wicked cheap. Like you can buy store brand water chestnuts for like a dollar, like 99 cents. You can buy like branded for like a dollar 99, but it's like, what's a dollar, you know? Can I just ask you a question? Yeah. Why did you not ask somebody where they were? I like the adventure. Fair. I I feel like there's definitely been market situations where I'm like, shit, I have no idea where this is. My typical thing I do though, is one of my friends used to work at a market. So I'd always just hit him up and be like, yo, I can't find this specific vegetable. Where can I find it? And he'll be like, it'll be like in the middle of like the bananas and like asparagus or whatever. Cool. Thanks. But what's crazy is like you, like water chestnuts are an Asian type thing, but you, you wouldn't guess to look there which makes sense. You would think it'd be in like the, like the canned foods aisle with like the green beans or the corn that's all canned up and shit. So I I just assumed that you would get it fresh, but then I was thinking about it. If they were to keep it fresh, they would need to have it in water. And if you go to like where the asparagus or like the fresh herbs are, or like lettuce, like there's no water in those areas. So why would they keep water chestnuts there? Exactly. But you would think they'd keep it in the can aisle because some canned veggies, green beans or like string beans, for example, they come with water. They come more like soaked or moist. I know you hate that word, but they come moist. So that was like my first thought. Never thought they'd be in the Asian aisle. But for those of you wondering, they're in the Asian aisle. They're wicked good. Get water chestnuts, eat it with everything. And they're really good with red pepper. I said green beans earlier. I think green beans are the most overrated vegetable that there is. Why? I'm just not a green bean guy. I never have liked the flavor of them. There's a pretty traditional uh, dish where it's green beans and like a red sauce. And no, see, that's not that's not it. No, I <laughs> I just have never been a fan of the flavor of them. I guess I feel like I've never had green beans prepared for me in a way that I've been like, damn, these are some good green beans. Have you ever had string beans? I don't know. They're like green beans, but stripped. Do you know what I mean by that? Probably not. Then I think well, green beans don't have a taste. That's what I was saying. They just, just taste crunchy. like nothing. They're crunchy if you grill them, and they're soft if you boil them. Which I prefer them boiled. No, I see. That's the thing. That's like broccoli too. Like you're I a big don't, grilled broccoli guy. I know that. Yeah. I you don't boil broccoli. It just makes it mushy and gross and loses all of its flavor. 
so I, for a boiled green bean or something like that, it's similar. It just why make it mush when you could bake it or broil it or grill it and make it nice and crispy. Like that Szechuan beef I made today. Mm-hmm. The broccoli was nice and crispy, soaked up all those juices and flavors of the sauce we made with it. See, I'm not home a lot. So I have to get frozen veggies so they kind of stay not bad, for lack of a better term, that I can't think of right now. So I boil it just because it comes frozen. Because if you grill, especially I don't have like a my own grill. It's like a community apartment grill, and it's fucking disgusting. So I just cook it on the stove. And if you do that, the water, the the I the, the icer, the frozenness of the broccoli, the water will just like take over, and that'll just sit in the pan. And then you're just like, oh shit! Now I just got grilled wet broccoli. So disgusting. why would you not like steam them? That's what I do when I have frozen I vegetables. I never even tried that. Throw like a tablespoon or two of water in with the pan and cover it. It makes it pretty good. It makes it. I mean, it's still kind of you know mushy, but it makes it less mushy technically you don't have to add water if it's frozen if you have enough broccoli in there i think if you just throw some olive oil in there that could do the same trick well the bag tells you to do that that's why some of the bags say oil as well though yeah to oil the pan more specifically are you a big olive oil guy yeah i feel like i have used olive oil in a lot of the dishes that i've been cooking recently whether it's even just coating a pan like if i have to coat a pan for any reason we have actually a Pam olive oil spray that we use. Hmm. So I, I really, I really enjoy using that, especially if we're cooking a meat. My dad got me on a coconut spray, coconut pan spray. Really? Really good. I mean, it doesn't really make a difference. You really can't taste the coconut, but they have it. Yeah, I, I like an olive oil though. I like, I what I used for the Szechuan beef tonight was, was sesame oil. My first time cooking with sesame oil. The flavor of sesame oil, by the way, is very powerful. I didn't really expect it. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, it's coming from sesame. I mean, you know, whereas olive oils come from olives. What? Olive what? oils come from olives? <laughs> so would you call it olive yeah. juice? No. Because isn't there a difference between juicing something and making something into oil? I don't know, dude. My dad's a chef. Our food fact of the week is brought to us this week by, and just quoting my sources, nobility.org, where the nobles have ability. Did you know that the margarita pizza is named after a queen? Really? Yes. Is it Queen Margarita? It is. Oh. So, uh, Margarita Teresa Giovanna, Princess of Savoy, Savoy. was born in Turin, Italy, on November 20th, 1851. On April 21st, 1868, when she was just 16 years old, she married her first cousin, Umberto I, Crown Prince of Italy. In June of 1898, Margarita accompanied her husband, Umberto I, King of Italy, on a visit to Naples. While there, Rafael Esposito and Maria Giovanni Brandi, owners of Pizzeria Brandi, a very old pizzeria close to the royal palace, were officially invited to come to court. Rafael prepared three pizzas 
for this unforgettable moment in family history. The first was a white sauce pizza with olive oil, cheese, and basil. The second was topped with Cicinelli, which is a small fish. And then the third one is what caught the queen's eye. It's a blending of red, white, and green using tomato slices, mozzarella, and basil. Queen Margarita enjoyed it immensely, and Raphael immediately named it Pizza Margarita in her honor. The next day, the queen had one of her officials send a thank you note to express her appreciation regarding the pizza. And this note, dated June 11th, 1898, is carefully preserved still to this day at the Pizzeria Brandy, where it can be seen graciously attesting to the queen's kindness. And while the pizzeria itself no longer is owned by descendants of Raphael and Maria, their famous creation, the, the Margarita Pizza, is a delight for millions around the world. I just, I, you know what? Like I've been aware of margarita pizzas probably my whole life. And I have never actually known that it's named after a former queen of Italy. I just thought it was a fancy way of saying like fancy pizza, you know? Me too. You ever put like sauce on the margarita pizza? Well. With some like feta cheese and shit. You need sauce on a margarita pizza, so yes. I've eaten margarita pizzas without sauce. Well, according to nobility.org, that's not a true margarita pizza. Are you talking about under the ingredient, like the stuff on top or over the stuff on top? Do you know what I'm talking about? No, because I just assume a margarita pizza is something with red sauce. No, I'm saying like there's there's a dark sauce you put on top of margarita pizza and you can, you know, fuck around and throw some cheese on there. And I just have never heard of that before. What, that like legitimately never, never heard of that before. I think it's interesting. A dark sauce? Like, is it like black or brown? Like, it's kind of like the sandwich. Well, that doesn't help me at all. Well, no, I'm so. Oh, I, I thought you were talking about the story. I'm sorry. No, I'm talking about the margarita pizza that you're saying doesn't have a sauce on it. No, I meant it has a sauce. Obviously, there's sauce underneath the ingredients, like the tomato and whatnot, but, you know, you can drizzle it with another sauce on top of it. It's a dark sauce. I don't know if it's soy sauce or whatnot, but drizzle it on top and you throw some cheese on there. Are you, are you just not? It's balsamic. It has Thank to you. be balsamic. Thank you. Thank you. Do you just call There's no way you just compared balsamic to soy sauce. I was thinking, I didn't think at the top. I wasn't thinking it. I wasn't thinking it. I was Listen, thinking, we, right, we were just talking about Asian that make sense. We were just talking about Asian cuisine. It's fine. It's fine. We're going. We're going from Asia to Europe now. We're going to the royal palace in Italy. It's fine. It's okay. Is it? I don't know. Huh. Soy sauce and balsamic though are nothing like each other. <laughs> no, I was just. It was just. I was just for context. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to the listeners. My dad's a chef. I don't know. I have to call my dad. Is your dad truly a chef? Excuse me? What'd you have for lunch today, real quick? I had a uh, meal prep that my girlfriend and I did. It was like a Kung Pao chicken with uh, broccoli, adamame, and white rice. Pretty good. Sounds fancy. Similar, similar to the beef I made. I would have liked it a little bit spicier, but mm. that's just because I like things a little spicier. I... Had a tuna fish sandwich. Why? Because 
tuna fish sandwiches are the best sandwich. Would you say it's your go-to sandwich? It is my go-to sandwich, 100%. Easy to make. Good for you. I just think tuna is so gross. Oh, my God. Hates orange soda. Hates orange popsicle. Hates orange anything. Hates tuna. Those are two things that I think personally taste disgusting. Those are, I think they're both equally disgusting for what they are. How dare you compare the tuna sandwich to the orange flavoring? I've never had tuna that I've liked. The only thing I like tuna in is a spicy California roll. You like bumblebee tuna? Like no, which is I do not like packaged tuna. No, I've never really been. I'm not like a big fan of the tuna fishy kind of flavor. You know, I, I I like fish. Like I like things like haddock and cod, but I can't do like a canned or a packaged tuna. I just never really have been able to. That's interesting. Even the smell too, like the smell gets me going. So that's like, is that like the main reason why you don't like tuna? Yeah. I mean, I feel like for me, a go-to sandwich, I've, I'm, I'm in between two right now and they're both on different ends of the spectrum. The first one is a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. I legitimately think that I could eat a peanut butter and jelly sandwich at any moment in time. I could make a triple decker, a quadruple decker, a quintuple decker and eat five more after it. Always use strawberry jam. Always use creamy peanut butter. And if you want to be fancy, toast your bread. See, I am a grape jelly guy. So I'm not going to hate on grape jelly because, again, big grape guy. And I agree with the smooth peanut butter. But strawberry jelly. If you haven't tried a peanut butter and jelly with strawberry jelly, I would highly recommend that you do. I think grape's more sweet. And I get why, like, strawberry, you get a little more zinc to it. But I'm kind of a more basic, clean... Give me my grape. Give me my Welch's grape jelly. Give me some Skippy Smooth peanut butter. You're not a Jif guy. Not a Jif guy. Well, that's a lie. I have Jif in my cabinet right now. But um, Jif or Skippies, those are the only two. Probably Skippy is my my go-to. My roommate, one of my roommates in college, used to actually get the official Reese's peanut butter. Like they would come in like jars. That's fucking bomb. Yeah, the only thing was it was a little sweet though. You know, that's so fine. If, if you like a sweeter peanut butter, not like a saltier peanut butter, it's definitely for you. But I, I like a saltier peanut butter, especially with a peanut butter yeah. and jelly. It's a good sweet to savory balance ratio. I'm all about like even flavors. Like my, I want every part of my palate when I'm eating something to be like completely triggered and coated. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I experience full food at its fullest. I don't like the mixing of, especially when it comes to a sandwich. I don't like the mixing of flavors like that. Let's keep everything pretty basic. Really? Because it's like, I mean, it's like you said, you know, like say you use the strawberry jam with the Reese's peanut butter. Like, I don't like that because you get the zinc with the sweetness of the peanut butter. It just doesn't really mix well together for me. Do you like peanut butter and jelly sandwiches though? Yeah. So do you, are you a guy who does like 50-50 or a little bit more of one than the other? One, one-on-one piece of bread, one on the other, even put it together. I do fuck around and put some fluff on it sometimes. That's a baller move. Let me tell you, let me tell you about a sandwich that not too many people know about. Back in my college days, I was uh, a little rowdy, you know, as, as people are in college, they do things like experiment with things. And uh, one of my favorite late night snacks after um, having a college experience would be to take two Eggo waffles, toast them, and then I would put peanut butter on one of them, jelly on the other, 
and then syrup on top of the peanut butter. Ooh. And I would eat a PB and J waffle sandwich with syrup. I just can't imagine that being good with strawberry jam. Oh, it was so fucking good. I, I I'm thinking about it right now and actually getting hungry. Especially with with the syrup on it too. It's like, oh, there's no balance. No, the peanut butter is the balance. See that, but that's the thing. Yeah. That's the thing is you need to put more peanut butter. Like, like that's the secret to it is the peanut butter that you put onto it is going to be the balance. Cause you have to realize as well, you know, you have the sweetness of the jelly and you have the sweetness of the syrup. Normally I'm not really a big, like drown it in syrup guy. I like to use a moderate amount of syrup with that sandwich to kind of balance out how much peanut butter you had to put on. You know, you had to, you had to put a good amount of syrup on too. It's, it's, it's surprising though. Like I know you're a guy who likes to dip stuff, you know? So I feel like, I feel like don't mock until you try it. I have a ridiculous college sandwich story. If you want to hear it. Sure. Let's hear it. So uh, for those of you who don't know, friend Dave, shout out Dave. Shout out he Dave. And I, he and I, shout out Dave. He and I were roommates for three years in college, right? One day we were sitting on our couch in our room and we had no food. We had like nothing. We didn't have cereal. So Dave had a jar of pretzels. I had mustard in my fridge and we had a loaf of bread, right? So we're just sitting there and we're, we're just like, oh, fuck, like we're starving, you know, dining hall food sucks. We don't want to go anywhere. And then Dave looks at me and goes, you still got that mustard? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, give me two minutes. I'm going to blow your fucking mind. And he gets up and he walks over to my desk and he gets a loaf of bread, gets the pretzels, gets the mustard, and he just starts whipping it up and he makes it. And he just hands it over to me. And I was just like, is it good? And he's like, well, we'll find out. And I was like, okay. So I took one bite and that was the arguably the best, one of the best sandwiches I've ever made in my life was a pretzel mustard sandwich on Italian bread. And me and Dave like literally would buy pretzels, mustard and Italian bread to make those sandwiches for like, we did this like sophomore year. So for like the rest of college, we would just eat those out of nowhere. And it was, it was a nice like both play college baseball it was like an awesome post-practice snack or post-practice meal it was awesome like the carbs were so worth it but yeah pretzel mustard sandwich on italian bread you wouldn't even throw like a slice of deli turkey we had nothing else we didn't want to fuck with the system if don't broke don't if it ain't broke don't fix it you know what was the texture like so as i said i like balance and the salt from the saltiness from the pretzels and like the kind of the zing you get out of mustard with like the spice, like kind of like the mustard spice and whatnot. It, it was honestly just mustard on bread with pretzels. It's honestly how you would expect it to taste, but it was really good. Really crunchy, obviously. I toasted it one time. Holy shit. Changed the game. Changed the game. Out of this world. Unreal. And I'm just realizing I said that I had a spectrum of sandwiches I liked. I never actually said the other half of the sandwich that I like. Uh, I like a classic turkey sandwich with American cheese, mayo, lettuce, and tomato, and onion. Onion. Nice. Onion, yes. Yeah. Nice. I'm trying to think of any other sandwiches that I like. I mean, peanut butter and fluff is phenomenal. So I'm going to expose myself as a clearly not true New Englander. I have never had a peanut butter and fluff sandwich. Why? Fluff was never a mainstay in my household as a child. 
It wasn't either in my house, but I go to my friends' houses all the time. They always had fluff. We always had peanut butter and fluff. Like, yeah, but I didn't really have friends. Well, I did have friends that ate it. I shouldn't say that, but I never myself was like really into it because I, I'm not a huge marshmallow person. I love a roasted marshmallow and a s'more. Don't get me wrong, but in terms of like the Lucky Charms, I don't like Lucky Charms because of the marshmallows. Really? Yes. Um. So for fluff, for me was like extracurricular marshmallow and i just never really had a, a affinity towards it nothing that was really like drawing me to it you know you learn something new every day so you would hate booberry and like count chocula and all those old cereals again never really had them so i what yeah i'm a um booberry is a top tier cereal at this time of year i really feel like i should have no excuse oh, booberry so good I feel like another thing about marshmallow, like specifically with like Lucky Charms, is the texture of the marshmallow. Like you bite into it and it's like you bite into like a cloud. What's the point? Yeah, but I don't really like that. And it's sweet. It just, it's weird. Like it comes it's, in different it, shapes. It just and makes colors, my mouth like... feel weird. What do you mean? What do you mean? What do I mean? What do you mean it makes your mouth feel weird? Like it just feel like I bite into like a, a sugar cloud. Yeah, but it's a balance with the cereal itself. Cereal's crunchy's got no taste. That's where you bring the marshmallows in. That brings in a little flavor. That brings in a little I know, guess. taste, indifference I guess. to the balance, you know? I, I still don't think Lucky Chimes even cracks my top 10 for cereal, though. What's your favorite cereal? Of all time? Yeah. Oh, easily Captain, or not Captain Crunch, Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Oh, you would have made my day if you said Captain Crunch. Uh, Captain Crunch is a close second or third. Interesting. I'd probably say... Captain Crunch with a very right behind life cereal. Life cereal is good too. Life cereal is very good, especially if you put like cinnamon on it, or, like brown sugar, look at good. So kind of just going back to what we were talking about earlier, what really is like your favorite junk food combination slash bougie food combination slash people who are pregnant are the ones that only crave this food kind of food so i have a couple uh and i'll just only name two uh one of them that i've had a few times is prosciutto with pickles i think i could fuck i think i could fuck with that i really think i could fuck with that with cheese in it you said cream cheese Oh, all right. So you can go either normal pickles that you see on like a burger, or you can get like the long, like half cut pickles. Take the piece of prosciutto and you spread the cream. If you're going to put cream cheese on it, which I'm more of not putting cream cheese on it, but you can, it's actually pretty good. Spread the cream cheese on the prosciutto. And you put the pickle on there, you roll it up and you just eat it. It's wicked good. And it's just. It's, it's a very under oh it's a very overlooked snack in my opinion it's really good i'm a big prosciutto guy i don't know about you big pickle guy i don't know about you definitely but. definitely yes to both mm-hmm. so one of i'll rebuttal with one of mine and then we can go into yours because i have two as well okay so one of mine also has to do with cream cheese again going back to talking about experimenting but this time it was in high school rather than uh actually being in college when I would come home late at night um, from doing the botchery that high school children did, I would always crave 
a granola bar. So I ate a granola bar, a chewy chocolate granola bar, at least one a day back in high school, especially. And I came home one day and I was craving a little bit more flavor to the granola bar itself. So I looked in the fridge and was like, hmm, what do we have? What do we have? One of the only things that was really spreadable for the granola bar was cream cheese. So I put a pretty good layer of cream cheese on top of the granola bar and it, it was gas. Actually super fucking good. I'm sorry, what was the flavor of the granola bar? Uh, chewy chocolate. So like the like the Quaker Oats kind that has like chocolate chips in it. Oh, that's disgusting. No, no, it's yes. not. Yes. No, it was super oh good. Oh my God. So one time too, I spiced it up a little, literally. We had pepperoncini in the fridge as well. Oh God. So I put a pepperoncini on top of the cream cheese layer on top of the chewy chocolate granola bar. And that means, like, if we want to talk about, like, like your palate being expanded, like, I truly believe that that was the day that my palate, like, transcended being a normal palate. How did it taste? Amazing. It had literally, like, almost every type of flavor and every type of texture. Like- so, obviously, the thing about a pepperoncini is it's spicy. It's a mm-hmm. pepper. Mm-hmm. And it's juicy, too. Mm-hmm. So... The spiciness of the juice, like the kick of the juice with like the creaminess and savoriness of the cream cheese really blended together well. But the texture of the granola bar was a little crunchy. Although it was a chewy granola bar, it's still a little crunchy. And like the chocolate in it was like a good balance to the, to the sweetness of, you know, the, the, with the spice and the kick that the pepperoncini brought. And the cream cheese was just a neutralizer. You know, like having it be that layer between those two types of flavors is really what kind of helped blend them together. Really didn't overstimulate my palate, but like allowed for there to be, you know, when you have two cats and you got to like introduce them to each other with the barrier in front of them where they can both clearly see each other. Mm-hmm. That's kind of like what the cream cheese was acting like was the barrier between the spiciness and the sweetness. I think that it sounds fucking disgusting. Like I am yeah. going to a thousand percent say it's a fucking disgusting thing, but it, it don't, again, do not mock it till you try it. I don't think I try it ever with a pickle. I think a, a pickled pepperoncini though, like just cause it is spicy. I think you need like something spicy, not something that's just kind of like a neutrally vinegary flavor. Well, anyway, uh, my second one that I had is a lot more not gross sounding no offense kind of not really so have you ever had like honey glazed pretzels yes i have some in my cabinet right now actually okay so my dad used to bring home soft soft pretzels from work and i dipped it in honey we had a bunch of we had a jar of honey just figured it tastes good and it tastes pretty good soft pretzels and honey very underrated i feel like that's not very well together yeah that i feel like that that should be a thing if that's not a thing i feel like that should be a thing I feel like it's it's overlooked. I feel like a lot of people do it because, well, the pretzel's got to be like covered in salt too. Definitely, I'm a big salt, like big salt on pretzel guy. So you dip that in with the honey, and it just like shocks the entire flavor of what you got going on. It just stimulates everything. It's wicked good. Well, you have to think about it too. A pretty common snack is a chalk covered pretzel. Yeah. A honey is a much more neutral sweetness. You know, mm-hmm. chocolate can be very overpowering. I know people, I even know people that go as far as saying they don't even like chocolate at all. I don't know. I, I feel like that the honey is such a neutral sweetness 
to the saltiness because honey honey goes with a lot more things i think than people expect yeah i i don't see any reason why you wouldn't do that mm-hmm. i'm sold all right so let's I'm start two, let's start selling them i'm, I'm two for two what, what, what? <laughs> well here comes my other one my other one's just probably a bit it's less gross but equally as what the fuck bill so I eat this every day. I'm going to preface this with I legitimately eat this every day. While I'm at work, and I do this at work too, I bring two snacks with me to eat before I actually eat the meal that I bring to work. And it's a pack of peanut butter crackers, Ritz peanut butter crackers specifically, and a mozzarella cheese stick. So what I like to do, I like to take the cheese stick and peel it because I'm not a psychopath. And I like to take the string and wrap it around the peanut butter cracker and eat it together. I have to say, it's not as bad as... I'm no. telling you, don't okay. lie. No, I can see that. It's, it's not fucking a granola bar with cream cheese, because fuck that. But again, I'll take your word for it. Don't knock until you try it. I can see why that would be good. Cheese and pe- peanut butter, though... You See, the thing, about, the thing about Ritz, this is why I think it works specifically with Ritz peanut butter crackers. Because a Ritz peanut butter cracker and Ritz crackers in general are way more salty than like in Austin's or, you know, just even like a, like a uh, what's that brand called? They're owned by Keebler. Toasts, Toasteds? Yeah. Like though, I think those are the best crackers that exist right now, by the way, too. Are those Keebler toasted? They're in like a maroon box. The buttercrisp version or whatever they're called. Very good. But the saltiness, because like a mozzarella cheese stick, like mozzarella is not a very overpowering salty cheese compared to other cheeses, at least. And I think that because a Ritz peanut butter cracker is so salty, it kind of helps compensate for the neutraler, more neutral flavor of like the cheese stick itself. The peanut butter is just kind of there. I feel like the peanut butter is just its own flavor in this whole combination that doesn't seem like it should be long, yet it does. I don't know. I feel like the flavor to me is just the right bit of saltiness while still having that kind of creamy-ish taste from the cheese stick. I'm not a big cheese stick guy myself, though. I'm really? Not a, I'm not a big eat cheese straight up guy. I'm not. Dude, I, I used to be not. that kid that would take the fucking cheese, the individual cheese sticks and eat it while my parents were shopping at the market. Yeah, I used, I mean, I used to, like, my parents about, like, the packs of, like, cheese slices, and I used to just take cheese and eat it all the time, but I just grew out of it and then will not eat it. I still do that. I literally, the other day, I bought a package of American cheese at the market just to eat by itself. I won't eat it unless it's on, like, a burger or sandwich or something. If I'm eating with, like, a wrap. If I'm just throwing it in some pasta with some shrimp or whatever, just totally grew out of it. Interesting. I see. I've never grown out of eating cheese. I fucking love cheese. I can see why, because not that cheese doesn't have flavor, but it does. If I'm going to eat a snack, it's got to be filling to a degree. And I think back when I was younger, you know, obviously I'm not as big as I was back then, but like I, I have one slice of cheese or a couple and be like all right sweet i'm good for like an hour i eat one slice of cheese now i think oh that was kind of gross i'm not satisfied 
kind of unhappy that I just ate a slice of cheese. And then, you know, just grew out of it. You know, you grow out of shit. So fair. Very fair. What's your favorite kind of cheese, though? Provolone. What an interesting cheese to have as your favorite. I love provolone. Provolone or pepper jack? Probably provolone. Or pepper jack. Pepper jack's a good cheese, too. Pepper jack's good on. I love pepper jack on burgers. Provolone's the best burger cheese. Hands definitely down. and with a Hands mushroom down. and on like chicken and stuff like mm-hmm. that too definitely the yeah. provolone yeah i have american cheese just to have just in case i don't really eat it but i always go good to make a grilled cheese i feel like by the way going back to going back to sandwich topics grilled cheese are also a great go-to sandwich 100 percent. damn i want a grilled cheese now. yeah you know what I, I don't eat tomato but i could fuck up a grilled cheese with some tomato on it Ah, I thought you were going to say with tomato soup. No, but that's good too. And to close out the pod tonight, we have the only recurring segment that isn't food facts for my dad's a chef. Ladies and gentlemen, stir in the pot. Stir in the pot where we debate popular food opinions because we want to. Yeah. This one's not really a popular food opinion. It's just more of a unpopular opinion. For good reason. For good reason. Do you like the taste of any raw onions by themselves? I eat raw onion all the time. Red or white? Red. I agree, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. At the the market, they got these, uh, these packs... They're like little uh, boxes of like chopped red onion, chopped diced white onion and all that. What's the term for it? It's not chopped. It's like sliced. It's like. Uh... Diced? Di- no, not diced. That's kind of the same thing. as Okay. Well, we'll, we'll call it sliced. Okay. We'll call it sliced onion because what I like to do, people listening, please try this and your opinion on eating onions will change forever. Onion chips, red onion chips and salsa. Well, we were just talking about onions by themselves, but yeah, no, I, 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 well, okay. By themselves. Yeah. I'll eat a whole box, but, but I like to do onion chips and hummus trust. So that's pretty traditional Lebanese though. Um, there was a Lebanese restaurant that existed in North Andover when I was a kid and I, I can't remember the name of it now. My parents would probably be pretty upset that I can't remember. And I actually stopped serving food because a fire happened at its kitchen and burnt down. Yeah. Pretty sad. But I remember they would always serve fresh pita bread with hummus and you would get a side of onions with it, red onions with it. Mm-hmm. And my family would typically not touch the onions. And again, I was probably anywhere from six to eight years old. And I would always just take the onion and dip it in the hummus. And everybody thought I was crazy. Mm. Like any family member that ever went out to eat with us was like, bro, what the fuck? And I was like, dude, I could literally crush red onions for my life I, even white onions too and yellow at that point too i love the taste of raw onion now like, let me ask you a question real quick I'm sorry. okay what slips my mind do you an onion whole do you eat that or do you have to cut it no you always cut it not true what do you mean not true you like an apple no you should always peel off the first layer of an onion obviously and then after that you get it looks like an apple and you just go yuck and take a bite into it like an apple well 
so the thing is, is I live with a woman. So, you know, I'm sure that she probably wouldn't appreciate me having onion breath. Would I, would I do that? Definitely. Um, which we talk, which is totally the concept of the stirring the pot here, because it's kind of us against the listeners that aren't big into eating onions, I guess. It really is. I, I have loved onions my whole entire life. Actually, I recently saw one of my uncles and like, not that I don't see my uncle very often, but he was like, we were eating a salad, right? And my sister has never liked onions and same thing with my mom too. So they would never like keep their onions on their salad. So if I got served a salad as well, I'd be like, give them the fuck over, please. Thank you. I'll trade you my tomatoes because I'm not a big raw tomato guy. I don't need tomatoes either. So it's okay. And this is not raw tomatoes. I'm just not a big raw tomato person. I just don't eat tomatoes in general. I like them on a sandwich. I would, I, I could just straight crush them. I, I have never tried one as like eating it like an apple. It kind of does sound gross. Like I'm not going to say it doesn't sound it, gross. It does. It, it looks it. It sounds it. Are you one of those people? Like, have you seen those things where people like candy dip a, an onion and pretend like it's an apple? Would you be like the type of person that would like that? Would. I would try it. I would. I would genuinely lie. give it the old college yeah. try. Because caramel, it's not like you're dipping it in like chocolate or anything like that. It, it Caramel is interesting. I was never a big caramel guy growing up. I liked caramel apples. I like caramel apples. I'm not a big like Butterfinger guy or like. I, I'm not a big Butterfinger guy. No. Butterfinger might candy. genuinely be my least favorite candy. It's an old people candy. You know what got me into caramel were uh, bullseyes. See, I like bullseyes, but I'm still not a big fan of them. Onions, though, I could house whatever pack of onions I get. I, I, you know what, you kind of inspired me to want to go get red onion and like slice it up like the chips, like you're saying. Yeah, and no, I'm telling you. So yeah, so they sell them. Uh, you can even, you can even cut them too. Yeah, um, I would just do it myself. I, I yeah. am, I am. But you can buy them in chips. At least the one I go to. Yeah, but I, like I said, I, I would, I would save the like buck probably to just buy a small red onion and chop it myself because yeah. I'm. And kitchenly inclined enough to be able to do that. I will say though, I mean, it really isn't a difference of what onion you get if you're gonna do that. And honestly, dipping it in salsa, actually, you ever, you know, it's really good dipping in guacamole. I I feel like that would be good. Like I said, hummus, like hummus is is the thing to dip an onion in for me. Then we're a pro onion podcast here. Honestly, us first, the listeners. We're sorry. We're not sorry, actually. If you have an opinion on onions, then please let us know. Tell us why we're going to have onion breath for the rest of our lives. Tell us why onions stink. But, you know, that's our story. Sticking to it. And make sure you do that on Twitter, Instagram, at my dad's a chef pod. As we do at the end of the episode, we want the people to eat. So, Kyle, give the people their dessert. All right, people, as always, we ask you to like, rate, share the pod, friends, family, non-friends, non-family, people you dogs. hate, people you love, dogs, cats, not a cat guy, you can share them with cats, birds, whoever you come across. Share the pod. Let them know how much you like it. We got some pretty exciting stuff coming up, so you know, be on the lookout for that. We're hungry. We know you're hungry. We all got to eat, so let's eat. Thank you guys for listening, as always. And as a disclaimer, our dads are chefs. We know what we're talking about. Thank you, guys.